today was one of those pleasant days going taking us back to ten years ago when the Senior Vicars, we were all ten years younger, more confused, <laughs> in Thailand. A little bit of Santai, Lavakro, Mwangso, Tirdamo, Upano, and Hirisa. We were all scrambled at Bungwai. <laughs> Over ten years ago, wasn't it? Eleven years ago. I'll be, I'll have been in Britain 11 years this year. <clears throat> what draws a collection of oddballs like us together? <laughs> <laughs> it could only be the Dharma. <laughs> I can't see any other connection. <laughs> Fernando also, he's, he's one of the oddballs. <laughs> this shows a determination in each one of us to, you know, kind of, in our lives to realize the truth. A kind of strong resolution. That's what it takes in the in this particular way. Because uh, all of us have gone through so many uh, ups and downs, and elations and depressions, and disillusionments, and inspirations and so forth, that kind of con constancy of resolution and determination, somehow it gets you through. And then when we see the result of ten years, over ten years uh, living in this way, it's, it's a very impressive result. Because you should have seen us ten years ago if you... <laughs> <laughs> you think and it, we're not so hot right now. <laughs> you should have seen us ten years ago.
and our reflections on the Patichasamupada, the, the I am that is created out of ignorance, avicca, from avicca, which is not knowing the truth of the way it is, not knowing the Four Noble Truths. And anyone who does not have insight and understanding into those truths is, uh, does not, not, and that, that simply uh, means that that is deluded into creating a, a self out of the conditioned uh, sensory world, the conditioned world. So avicca bhajaya sankara is the out of this not knowing the truth, then we we act accordingly. So the sankara is the volitional tendencies that come from that ignorance. <coughs> now this is just good sense, isn't it? It's obvious that. If you're ignorant and don't understand the truth, then we do things from that position. If you think you're a a real uh, charmer, God's gift to the world, then you're you're you tend to move from that direction. Whatever ignorant positions you have in life, then your actions follow from that. Your tendencies. <clears throat> if you think you're a uh, the world's most unfortunate, miserable wretch, then that also you operate from, your actions will, will be, come from that, that particular assumption. When we, when we believe we are men and women, then we, then the, then the volitional tendencies uh, are always in that realm, isn't it, of me and I'm a man, you're a woman, this and all the kind of uh, values and that that one places on the on gender. And so that the avicca bhajaya sankara, that that those ten- tendencies, volitional tendencies, become conscious in vinyana or move toward that. That affects the conscious, our ability to the consciousness, the the, uh, uh, the discriminative function. Consciousness is is represented by vinyana, means the subject-object, the division, the discrimination that uh, that arises and ceases. So vinyana then conditions the. The mental formation, the nama, uh, the and the material ones, the nama rupa, and then from that uh, the effect of that to the talayatana, the senses, which condition contact, which condition vedana, feeling, which conditions desire. From that vedana, out of ignorance, then. The desire arises, grasping, becoming, rebirth, jati. And then jati conditions jaramarana, sokaparitewa, tukatomanasa, upayasa, 
misery. So out of that whole sequence, as long as there's ignorance, as long as there's avicca, then, then there's going to be suffering because the whole process is that way. That, that there's no way we can ever really find happiness in any real or permanent sense or any real peace or contentment from avicca because everything we do will move from that assumption of avicca and will take us to jaramarana sokapariteva tukatomanasa upayasa death, despair, misery. So that the, the conditioned world and the ignorance about it and the identity with it, the grasping of it, only can lead to this sense of fear and desire, frustration, worry, anxiety, death. Now the I am is from that, isn't it? The, the view that I am the five khandhas. I mean, in the Western world, we don't think I'm the five khandhas, we just think I am, don't we? My mother never said, you are the five khandhas, <laughs> Robert. She doesn't even know what they are, anyway. But there's definitely, you are a, you should be, you ought to be, good little boys, they're like bad little boys, and the whole process of, of personality arises, ego, and then the frustrations and suffering that come from all that, from being a separate person, an ego with pride and conceit, fear and desire, in a vast universal system that is a total mystery and, and quite threatening, quite frightening, isn't it? Here we are, these, these rather tender, soft, sensitive little creatures in the, in the universe, like the hurricane last October. I mean, it was pretty powerful. You feel really helpless and like just absolutely helpless in, in, when, you, when nature decides to go berserk. And you look at the, the force and power that surrounds us and just the magnificence and wonder of a universe. And then we have these sometimes rather poverty-stricken egos. Namby-pamby, wishy-washy. Little frightened selves, complaining, grumbling. And we make all kinds of trivial things terribly, terribly important. Like who sits ahead of me or behind me. Who's, who's, uh, who's better looking or who has more money or who is, who is liked better, who is more popular. All these issues. We can, we can, people commit suicide over some of the most trivial things like failing an exam or or somebody or their their lover leaving them for somebody else. Suddenly the the whole the whole universe collapses.
because of the attachment to the and the delusion of, from the I am position. Do you love me? Or nobody loves me. There's a sense of wanting some, some kind of, of uh, security and warmth, affection. And from the I am position, it tends to demand it from external sources, don't we? We, we want, want it from outside, like God or maybe not so much God these days, but somebody else. And if nobody else loves us, then we, we hope God does. <laughs> that was one comforting thought when you're a Christian is nobody loves me but God does. Sometimes it's comforting. <laughs> So recognizing the, the vulnerability, sensitivity that we all share in these very sensitive forms from, from being born into these very sensitive forms, then we are uh, in, the, in an apparent, very vulnerable, threatening position, aren't we? we we're, we're actually uh, quite uh, aware of the universe that we're involved in, but yet it, it is beyond our ability to comprehend it, really. That's why so many human beings just settle for trivialities, because that they can understand, like uh, the scandals and things that one, that ordinary people tend to distract themselves with, the daily mirror and the sun and so forth. Why do people want to read uh, such rubbish? Because at least they can understand it. About who's having an affair with who, and who stole something, and who committed a murder, and who did this and that. But the mystery of the universe can be rather terrifying, because all you can do is wonder about it. So this wonder, this uh, the way the mind is. In, in the state of wonder, the mind is very receptive and open. This is when we're children, children tend to wonder a lot, don't they? We lose that tendency to wonder when we form strong egos, and then we always have to have opinions and views. We always have to define and fit everything into some kind of perception, and have a view and opinion about everything. So uh, we lose Many, uh, many times we lose that sense of wonder because when your mind is wondering, it's, it's a very receptive mind, isn't it? You're not trying to figure it out or define it or limit it in any form, but you're, you're with it, with the mystery, with the unknown, with, the, with whatever, with the vastness and the totality of a mysterious universe from this very vulnerable position of our own human body. <coughs> and so the Buddha advised instead of avicca, operating from a kind of conditioned response, we all have been conditioned by our cultures and classes and nations 
ethnic groups. We all have been told what is right, what is wrong, what we should be, what we shouldn't be, what somebody else should be, how everything should be, what's politically acceptable and politically unacceptable, and religiously accept right and religiously wrong, or we've all been conditioned and told and and brainwashed through our families and education. We all have, have we can all be very opinionated and very have very strong views. But now in meditation, we're, we're beginning to, to see the pain of being attached to all these views of I am and I should be, I shouldn't be, and you, and you should, you shouldn't be, and all the conditions that have been, that have been inculcated into our minds over the years. We're having a review, a look, uh, an investigation, an examination of it in order to see it for what it is. Not that it's, it's absolutely wrong or right or whatever. It's as it is. Views, perceptions, opinions are just that. They're not, they're not a person. They're nothing. They're not a soul. It's nothing, but it's just what it is in the moment. It's just that. An opinion, a good opinion or a bad opinion, is just that in the moment. It has nothing more than that. But out of avicca, we tend to believe that there's much more to it than that, so that we can carry grudges, have prejudices, uh, quarrel and fight and persecute each other, brutalize each other out of this ignorance, fear and desire, that whole process of paticca samuppada. And so we experience sokaparite watukatomanasa upayasa a lot when we are, when we don't awaken and look into the way things really are. So the, the Buddhist teaching is vicha, which is the, no, the knowing, the knowledge of the way things are. A vicha is is not ignorance in the, in the in the way it's generally regarded in uh, English, but in avicca in this particular uh, teaching means not knowing the truth, the four noble truths. Vicha then is knowing the four noble truths. Insight doesn't mean just being able to say Tukka Samudani Rhoda Maga but it does it, it, mean, it means that we look into suffering the arising cessation in the past so that the insight the real knowledge the vicha is there when there's vicha then that thing stops the thing then it's uh, to weva asesa niraka niroda sankara niroda sankara niroda and so forth. The whole thing ceases. The cessation of suffering. 
as I was saying the other day, this vicha is to be used here and now. It's not something, don't wait till, till next year. Something we, we start using immediately, just here and now in our meditation. The more you use vicha or knowing, it means we're opening and looking and investigating. Seeing the impermanence of the condition, of the conditions. Contemplating it, the impermanence, and and really realizing the truth, the way of the the way things are, all that arises ceases, all dhamma is not self. Maybe we're going to look at just desire itself, is desire for sort of sense pleasure, or for becoming, or for getting rid of. That desire of I want, I don't want, I, I like, I don't like. With the sensory realm and consciousness, then we, exp- we, we, uh, we are aware of the Vedana, of the attractive, unattractive and neutral, or the beautiful and ugly through the senses. But it's no longer interpreted from avicca, but seen through vicha. It's, it's dhamma, it's as it is. What arises ceases. Nothing is permanent. The beautiful, the, the, the fair, the, the, the pleasant, the refined, the subtle, are still beautiful, pleasant, refined, and subtle. But they're permanent, and it's not personal, it's not mine. It's seen for what it is. The ugly, the painful, the miserable, is still ugly, painful, and miserable, but it's, it's no longer seen with a vicha, so it's just as it is. It's only just that. It's impermanent, and it's not self. The neutral, the neither pleasurable nor painful, neither beautiful nor ugly, is just that. And it's known for what it is. It's no longer ignored or, or uh, overlooked, but seen for what it is. And no claim to it in any way as personal or as anything other than just recognition of the way it is. And this is what we mean by mindfulness. Sati, Sampachanya, Panya, all imply the human ability to look and direct their attention to the way things are and to use vicha, insight, knowledge, wisdom, rather than avicha. Now, there's no reason for any of you to keep using avicca anymore, is there? Unless you're stubborn, dig your heels in. I mean, even if you think that you're still a hopeless case, even if you think you're a totally unenlightened, uh, difficult, screwed-up character, the minute you use vicha with that and see that is impermanent and not self, that's the, the paticca samupada ceases. 
just contemplating that. If you, if you for one moment start thinking, oh, I'm, I'm a hopeless case, I've got too many problems, poor me, and start looking and just realize that, use vicha with that thought, as that is an impermanent, that's a thought that arises and ceases, and it's not a, it's nobody, just that, what it is, just like that, then you, you're using vicha rather than avicha. Can you do that? Anagarikas? Are you going to be determined to Sokapariteva Tukatomanas Upayasa here at Amravati? But it does take a, a persistence and determination, like as I was saying at the beginning of this talk. Ten years ago, over ten years ago, we were we were doing this at Bungwai. And the kind of determination and and, and uh, resolution to keep doing it. It's not, because one is easy to get, forget, and start, uh, start operating through a vicha bhajaya sankara. And so, I mean, that's very easy to do, just to get pulled into that. Vicha bhajaya sankara, sankara bhajaya vinyanang, and then up to sokaparitava tukatoman lasa upayasa. But now we know better, even though we don't, you may not always, uh, you may still want a few moments of misery. Because as I said, being wise and peaceful can be incredibly boring. (laughs) Having, Having very important kind of emotional problems in that can be very interesting. to be a really kind of screwed up case can entertain you for a day. Now, the, the trust in the practice, the faith, that takes a while. It's easy to just kind of think, well, that's just too uh, simplistic. I mean, you've got to come to terms with these these things, you know, and there's a lot of work to do, and I've got to do that, and not just merely seeing impermanence in, in your thoughts, but, I mean, you know, you've got sort of latent tendencies and suppressed feelings and and all this to work through, and and by that very attitude, of course, is the avicca bhaja sankara is operating. And as long as we buy into that, or believe that there's somebody, there's something, 
some soul or self in anything whatsoever, then we're pulled into that whole process which ends up with misery. The more we trust in just seeing the impermanent nature, the anicca, dukkha anatta of the condition, world as it as it manifests in in our minds in both its refinement and coarseness and whatever forms qualities quantities it appears and disappears we are abiding in that perfect state of mindfulness of of stability of emptiness of knowing of vicha We're in touch with with that, with deathlessness. We're with immortality, with eternity, with timelessness. Through mindfulness, that's the that's the way to the deathless. You know, it's through that mindfulness, through being aware, and awareness is being totally receptive sensitive, open, reflective rather than opinionated. When we talk about being opinionated as a, as a, a contrast to the reflective ability, like the Buddhist teachings, the Buddhist teachings are re- reflections on the way things are. They're not opinions. And this is most important to consider. Whatever I say, uh, during the, uh, whenever I'm talking, I'm merely reflecting. These aren't opinions. I don't, I'm not trying to, to tell you how it is. I mean, it might sound like that, but I don't mean to. It's merely a reflection. It's contemplating the way things are. Where opinions come from the ego, don't we? Well, I think, and I believe, when you should, I know what you should do, and, and what Mrs. Thatcher should do, and I know what Mr. Regan should do, and Mr. Gorbachev, and I know of opinions about everything. When, when I was a university student, Americans uh, in America, we always, we, I was so opinionated, because if you didn't have opinions, you were stupid in the values of my generation. So I managed to form opinions about everything just so I wouldn't be stupid. At least I thought I wasn't, but I was still pretty stupid. I had a lot of stupid opinions. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) And they were just kind of taking things, ideas and things, and kind of believing them and kind of throwing them out throwing them up or throwing up <laughs> reflections then are, are, are uh, it's, it's like poetry isn't it reflectiveness is, 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 crea- is like creation it's, it's not just regurgitating or labeling things out of habit but it's you can understand like a lot of what what Poetry becomes meaningful if you have a very reflective mind. 
because so much of poetry is a reflection rather than opinion. And I find now poetry is about the only thing I can read. Anything that means anything to me, on if I have to read something, because of its reflective nature. He's not saying how it is and what I should believe in, but it's reflecting. It's an individual person's reflection and response to the way things are. Now, the ability to wonder. I remember as a child having a lot of that before I started becoming self-conscious and conditioned by the world as a, 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 the, a, a, the mind wondered about things. You're discovering life. And you didn't have views about it. You didn't have any. You, you didn't have any opinions about what it should be or any, what anyone should be. You just meant very receptive and and wondering about it. What is it all about? And, and in that in that kind of state of not knowing but wondering is is no longer uh, trying to to make it into fit it into some kind of idea you have the mind is 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 there's there is mindfulness so regard just that that ability to wonder as a, as a mind that is it that is open and receptive it's a it's, and you can reflect from that. What is it all about? What it, why was I born? What is pain and pleasure and life and, and all these things? What are they? What, what does it all mean? What is death? In our practice, we're not trying to brainwash ourselves into, into views about anatta either. We're investigating, we're wondering about what self is. We're not taking a position, I'm a Buddhist and I believe there's no self at all. That's just being opinionated, isn't it? But it's, it's, not, a, it's not an opinion of, no, of anatta, but it's a reflection. It's a teaching to kind of investigate rather than to grasp and, and, and form an opinion about. That's the difference, isn't it? If you're opinionated Buddhist, then you, we don't believe in God and there's no soul, there's no self. I remember one time I, in the middle way, somebody, I, I didn't actually write it, but somebody put it in one of the articles that they published of mine about something about God. I got some letters from irate Buddhists. Arjun's Venerable Sumedha is teaching God down at Chithurst. What kind of Buddhist is that? <laughs> Quite furious because a lot of British Buddhists are Buddhists because they're anti-God. <laughs> now they're opinionated Buddhists. They aren't really practicing what Buddha was teaching. They just forming opinions and uh, about Buddhism, which is the very thing they usually can criticize Christianity for, isn't it? 
what they they have all these silly and doctrines about God and Jesus and all that disgusting well they're doing the same thing only kind of reverse order So the, the Buddhist, the Paticca Samuppada is a reflective teaching. It's not a kind of a Buddhist doctrine where you, you're saying that everything comes out of ignorance. That means the whole conditioned world, everything, it comes out of a vicha, out of ignorance, and it all is miserable. It all ends up in Sokapari, Jaramarana, Sokapari, Tevatuka, Tomana, Supayasa. That means when you look at the world in that way and see everything, then you, you no longer wonder about it. You just think it's all wrong. Something's wrong with the whole, whole, the whole thing, isn't it? If you take a doctrinal, opinionated view of Paticca Samuppada and the Four Noble Truths, you end up with this kind of negation of everything. Oh, look at the stars. And it came out of ignorance. <laughs> The sun, vicha bhajaya sankara, ignorance. It's wrong. It's and if if there were no then vicha, I mean, it all suddenly disintegrate, wouldn't it? Suddenly, the sun would go out, disappear. The stars would would dissolve into would dissolve. <laughs> <laughs> But this Paticca Samuppada is merely a tool for contemplation and, re- and reflection on the way things are. Not, it's not a, uh, uh, the, the story about evolution or about the original creation or the first cause or anything like that. We can see that if we operate right now at this moment from Avicca, we're going to suffer. At least I, that's what I see. Whenever I come from a, from a conceit or pride or, or stupidity or greed or hatred, I'm suffering. I feel miserable, feel guilt-ridden or angry, upset or, or uh, jealous or frightened. All these things are the result of, of that. I can, I've, I've contemplated this for years now. I've seen the misery I create out of that, out of, out of a vicha bhajaya sankara. And it became apparent years ago that if you, you had to use vicha, very much like Lumpur Cha's emphasis, was always using this vicha in our life in the monastery. They used to say, oh, Sumato suffers so much. You see me standing out in the sun, sweeping the ground, looking miserable and wretched, wishing I was somewhere else, wanting to run away, thinking, oh, why did I ever come here? <laughs> Poor Zemedo. Took Mark. <laughs> because what was going on in my mind was a vicha bhajaya sankara, sankara bhajaya vinyanang, Vinyana bhajaya nama rupang, nama rupang bhajaya salayatanang, salayatanang bhajaya pasa bhajaya vedana, vedana bhajaya danha, danha bhajaya 
All that. Just because of this not, not using vicha, then that whole thing took place quite constantly sometimes. If they don't pause, they pour tomato and it suffers a lot. Suffers, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> But he kept laughing at me. I think, why is he? Why is he laughing at me? <laughs> I think he's a sadist. He just, just gets joy, happiness out of seeing me miserable. And then I, then I realized that that it was uh, something I was creating out of uh, not 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 seeing things properly. When there is vicha, then there is no suffering. The whole thing doesn't operate anymore. Because there's no, there's no, the rest, the, 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 there's a cessation of suffering. And so that's in the, in the same life here at Amravati, the same applies, isn't it? There's, you can live here with a vicha or vicha, that's up to you. I'm recommending vicha, that's the whole point of being here. But if you insist on using a vicha, I don't know what I can do to, you know, keep giving these talks. Encouraging you in every way. But, but if you insist on mi- being miserable, then, then that that's, has to be your problem. Because the, the, um, the opportunity, occasion, is always the the using of vicha. Reflecting on just the moments of uh, uh, when, when one uses vicha, then one is, one is full of wonder and receptivity and you notice and you're with life as it's happening. So you see a lot. You're with a lot of things that you would have overlooked or not seen. And this is what, where, what I mean by the poetry is that what was ordinary and and never noticed because it was ordinary suddenly is seen. You don't need to go to fantastic places and do really wild, far-out things, thrills and excitement, because just the the wonder of being and the receptivity and openness to the way things are is, is, is true peace and happiness and love and joy spring from that. <clears throat> Remember the January retreat where we'd go out and embrace the cold. When the, when the sun rose at what, 7.15 or something, we'd I'd go out there with my big boots and stand among the trees, the barren trees on the far side of the field. Just stand there and 
and try to not move my mind. Just be silent with the trees, with the barren trees. Like this, where it's that one is, is open and receptive and, and with the way it is. Where before I would have thought, oh, winter time, cold, don't like English winters. Uh, wish I were back in California. Why go back to Thailand, sunny climate, uh, barren trees, ugly, gray skies, cold, grumble, grumble. Avicca Bhajaya Sankara. <laughs> but when, when, that, when that process starts, when there's Vicha, then there's wonder, receptivity, true seeing, jnana dasana, uh, brightness, clarity. So what is, what is the one then is aware of, of the, the beauty and the ugliness and the, and the neither beautiful nor ugly, or the pleasure and the pain, or the neither pleasurable nor painful. So then nothing is, is, is we're, not, we're no longer uh, being here wishing we were somewhere else, we're fully here with the way it is. The cold, or the heat, or the, or the beauty, or the ugliness, the pleasure, or the pain—they are just what they are, and it's never made into anything more than that. So we can bear things as they are, because we can wonder and reflect on them and learn from them. We're not blind and stupid in, in trying to run away or get away or change or control or or get rid of anything at all. So then our human condition is one of, of uh, we see it in a, in a totally different way. It's no longer personal, no longer taken and judged and, and uh, defined from a personal position. So we're no longer making problems about the way we are, about the way things have to be, because we can bear with them and learn from them as they happen to be. Even with, with the unpleasantness, with the weakness or sickness or old age or, or pain or whatever, we don't make problems about it, then it's just, just what it is. It's nothing, we, we add nothing to it, so it, it is only that. So there's no suffering. Because the suffering, in this sense, is what we create out of ignorance. When we talk about dukkha, or suffering in this sense, it's what we create out of ignorance. We're not talking about pain and sickness in old age as suffering. It's saying suffering is what we create out of ignorance about old age, sickness, death. And so suffering is the, uh, the misery, the sorrow, the grief, the despair, the, the um, resentment, the depressions, the grudges, jealousies and fears, and the whole realm of misery we produce out of ignorance because of the way things are, of the aging process of the body, of, of sickness, 
of death, of separation from the loved, of having to be with the unloved, unwanted, the frustrations, irritations of, of just the sensory realm. We create suffering. We produce it. And so we can live our whole lifetime in misery, can't we? We can just produce continuous misery every moment from now till the, till the time we die. I've known people that do that. <laughs> that are able to, to continuously produce dukkha and misery. Endless supply of it till the, from the beginning to the end. Or we stop doing that, then, then, uh, then, is, then there's the reflection, there's the dhamma, there's the way, the way things are, the truth, the wonder. And this particular vulnerable and sensitive position we find ourselves in is, it can be appreciated for what it is. It's not an end in itself. It's not personal. It's nothing to exalt or despise but to understand. So, uh, I offer this for your reflection for this evening.